Amen. Are you are you um, with me tonight? <laughs> okay, I want you to be vocal tonight. I know it was hot today. I know you may have felt like felt like I'm drained. I don't have one bit of energy left in me. But I promise you, if you just go, if you track with me tonight, I'm not going to be long winded, and you're going to take home something with you of importance. And so I want you just to don't get quiet on me now, okay? All right. How many, how many say, I won't get quiet on you, PD? All right, all right. Now, pastor's been going over, praise is the highway. And I, I love that. It's, it's from a song that says, praise is the, is the highway to the throne of God. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. And praise is the highway to the move of God. And, and, and that's so fitting because it's just, it's kind of like it expedites us. You know, as we worship, we get expedited into God's presence. When we worship Him, it's like we were at the outer courts, but then we, we start to worship, and then we come into the inner courts, and then we go a little bit deeper, and then we're in the Holy of Holies. And that's what praise and worship does. And that's why it's so vital to our life as a Christian, as a believer. It's so vital to us. And so we're going to be talking about this passage, Second Samuel 6. Chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. And we're going to be, this is our basis tonight, and we're going to be um, reading this, and this is going to be um, what we are going to see our points for the teaching tonight. And this is about David. So follow with me as we read the Word of God. Now, it was told, King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidam and all that belongs to him. Because of the ark of God. So David went and, and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised, say despised, him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, every everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows 
shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, my cow, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Wow. Our first point tonight is the presence of God is the difference maker. The presence of God is the difference maker. Now, it had been a hundred years that the ark had been separated from the tabernacle. A hundred years of Israel's history. It was captured by the Philistines a hundred years prior, and they had had it for seven months in their possession, and they couldn't handle the ark. Um, they began to, there began to be a plague amongst the, their people, and so they sent it back to Israel. And it came briefly to a place called Beth Shemesh, and then it came to rest in another place, Kirath Jerem. And it was there for some time. But then when David came to become king, he wanted the ark. It says this that we read. Now it was told that David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Lord. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. It was in that place, and then there was an attempt by David to move it. But what happened was that they didn't follow the Lord's instructions. So as they were moving it, they they thought they could place it on a cart. But the presence of God was never meant to be carried other than but on the shoulders of men, on, on, on us. That's where the presence of God was meant to be carried. And so as the cart was going, they came to the threshing floor and, and the, and the oxen stumbled. And so the cart moved as well and the ark was going to fall off of the cart. And so one of the priests, he was going to brace the ark, but the presence of God came out as a fire against him and he was basically burned alive. Because the presence of God is something very holy. And God has stipulated how we are to worship him. And he is to be revered and to be respected. So David had a failed attempt. But David said, even after the failed attempt, he said, I still want the ark. I still want the ark. Because I know that with the ark, there is the fullness of God. And I don't want anything less than the fullness of what God has for me. He, I want the fullness over the people of Israel. And, and this is my desire. And so he said, I'm going to bring this up to Jerusalem. And so David did things right. He read how in the word of God, how the ark was to be moved. And so we see David and it is brought into Jerusalem. 
And David is excited because he knows what the presence of God brings. The presence of God brings his presence. The presence, him being with us, brings his presence, his glory, his goodness. And so David wanted that. He knew that Obedidam, where the ark was rested, he was being blessed. His whole household was being blessed because of the presence of the ark. And I want to say that tonight. When we have the presence of God in us, we notice that there is a difference in our lives. When we carry the presence inside of us, wherever we go, God's presence goes with us. And so there is something that happens when we carry God's presence. Have you ever noticed that when you get up Earlier, before you go to work and you start, you start your day with prayer and you start your day with reading the word and then you go to work and, and something, you know, something doesn't go right, but yet you're still joyful. And then there's the days that we woke up late, we didn't read the word, we go there and we don't have a good day. Even when things were like, okay, we don't, because we, we need the presence of God. We need his infilling. We need him to, to lead us and to, re- to direct us and to fill us up with who he is, with his love and his strength. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what the presence of God gives us. You know, there's so much we could do on our own. We could pump ourselves up. We could say, you know, I'm going to have a good day. And and we can pump ourselves up in the natural. But that only goes so far. Because there are, there are things that are going to happen in life that we will not have the strength for. We will not have the capacity to say, to think of a solution or to come up with the answer. But the presence of God in us is greater than anything that we face on the outside of us. So the presence of God is what we need. It's the difference maker. And then the presence of God ought to be my pursuit. The presence of God ought to be my pursuit. In Second Samuel six twelve, it says, And it was told David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. He knew that anything less than the presence of God is what he wanted. He pursued the ark because he wanted the presence of God in Jerusalem. And I want to ask us tonight, do we know that? Do we know that? Do we know that we need the presence of God? Do we know that we need to pursue that? Is that a goal? Is that a pursuit for ourselves? Do we actually seek after the presence of God? David was a pursuer of the presence of God. And it just was an emotional thing. This was not something David just wasn't an emotional person that just got excited for no reason. David had a real real relationship with God. 
You know, the book of Psalms, was written, the majority was written by King David. And you see in there such a depth of relationship. And so he knew his God. He knew what God had done for him. He knew that when he was in the wilderness and he was fleeing for his life and there was nobody there that he could say, you are my only deliverer. You are my strength. You are my refuge. You are my stronghold. And that is what kept David through the years of being a fugitive. He pursued the presence of God and there was a depth of relationship. It says in Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Sometimes when we look at people worshiping, we say, you know what, I wish I, I could worship like that freely. I wish I could, I could go to the front and not be afraid. I, I wish I could just lift my hands at all, in all freedom. And let me tell you that you can. You can. Because pursuing God's presence is a choice. It's a choice that we make that's, that says, I don't, I don't care about Who's looking at me? I don't care because I know I, I want to pursue God because I know I need his presence. I know that that's the difference maker. I need his presence. I want his presence. And you could see that people, the deeper you go in relationship with God, the deeper that you go in knowing his word, if you're praying and you're developing an intimate relationship You can't help but being a worshiper. You can't help but to praise God. The more that you journey in your walk with the Lord and you've seen how faithful He's been to you, you've seen how good, how good He's been to you, how much He loves you, you can't help but to thank Him. You can't help but to worship Him. So those who have journeyed with the Lord have said, have made a choice to pursue the presence of God and they've come into a depth of relationship. That was David's case. That's why he pursued God with with everything that he had. He said, it's like I'm, I'm in a desert place and I'm, I'm lacking. But the only thing that will quench this thirst, the only thing that will feed my soul is the presence of God. So I'm going to pursue him in any way that I can because I know he is what I need. God, sometimes we will settle for the substitutes. How many of you have, have thought about that? God, we'll settle for a substitute. I mean, we're lacking. We know that we need something in our soul. But sometimes the last place we go to is the Lord because we've, we've developed habits where, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run to this. I'm gonna just try to escape what I'm going through inside. Sometimes we look, we look for that and we settle for that. But I want to tell you tonight, you don't have to settle for that. You can come to the Lord and you can get filled with a genuine love, a real love that will not leave you thirsty, will not leave you in continual hunger, but will satisfy what we really need. He's the one that can give peace in the midst of trouble. He's the one that will give joy when there's no reason to joy. He's the one that's able to lift us up when nothing and no one can lift us up. We we need the presence of God and we can pursue it. 
Because whoever pursues him, he will fill up. There was a duke of Wellington, and, and this was in England. He was a British military leader. And he was actually the one that defeated Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo. He was not an easy man to serve under. In fact, he was a very harsh man. He was demanding, and, and he never gave compliments to those who were under him. And even he realized one day when a young lady asked him if there was anything that he would do differently, if he could go back and live his life over, what would he do differently? And so he thought about it for a moment, and then he gave her this answer. He, sa- he said, I'd give more praise. I'd give more praise. He came to the place and he realized that it's important to give praise. Now, I want to say to us, one day when we see Jesus in all his glory and his splendor, as described in the book of Revelation, we will realize then that we should have given more praise. We will realize that because we will see him in his glory. We will see him. And one thing I think that we will say is, God, I I could have given you more praise. I could have given you more thanks. I could have given you more honor. Because now that I see you face to face and I realize all that you've done for me, I could have given you more praise. Well, I say to us today, let's give him more praise. I mean, we may have come to a level of how we worship. But let's not stay at that level. Let's always challenge it. Let's always become more grateful. Let's always become more in pursuit of God's presence. More in pursuit of, of the worship of God. And then the presence of God ought to be celebrated. The presence of God ought to be celebrated. It says, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. He was wearing what the priests would wear. That's what he was wearing because he wanted to join in. He was, he was carrying that office of, of, of a priest and prophet and king, just like Jesus would carry when he came. And he was dancing before the Lord. Now in the days of, or in the word of God, It says that he was literally spinning around. He was literally jumping for joy because he was so excited that now the presence of God would be in Jerusalem and it would be in the tabernacle that he had set up and the worship of God, you know, he had begun worshipers, David set in place the worship of God, but now the presence of God would be in the same tabernacle where the offerings were offered and where the worship of God was lifted up. And so David was excited about that, and he celebrated, and he leaped, and he spun around. He was not shy with his praise and his worship. He didn't, he didn't give to God a stingy worship. He gave to God everything. I've been in places, I, I love to go um, to um, see shows, and one time I went to see The Price is Right, you know, the game show? <laughs> and it was so exciting, you know. And so, like, like the things that we love, we're willing to wait for. 
And I want to say we waited like about four hours to get into the show. I mean, if you go to see any type of show, you're going to wait for a long time. But we were willing to because we were saying, what if we get on the show? What if we win a car? I mean, we were excited about that. And there was all kinds of people there, and they were, they were wearing shirts, and we wore short shirts that, that had the picture of the host. And, and it was just something that we were excited to do, and we were willing to do it. It's the same with the Lord, because we're, we're willing, if we pursue him, and we say that he's our prize, and he's our exceeding joy, and he's our reward, we're willing to wait in the presence of God. We're willing to do what it takes, because it's even something, we can, we're gaining something even greater than a, a new car, or even a prize Because God is worth more than any monetary thing that we could ever receive. The presence of God is richer. It's fuller than any temporary thing. So David was leaping. He wasn't holding back in his praise. He was, he was giving everything that he had because he was celebrating that the presence of God was now coming into Jerusalem. And In the word of God, when we read about people dancing, it's usually the women. It's usually the women. And so for a king, who David was, for a king to actually take off his his kingly garments and to say, I'm going to worship just like everybody else because I'm deferring now to the one who is greater. So when we worship We don't come with titles. We don't come with, I've achieved this or that. We come saying, I defer to you, God, because there is no one higher than you. You are the ultimate. You are the superior one. There is, In fact, there is no one like you. You are matchless. You are worthy of all praise, all honor and glory. And so I'm going to worship you because I'm saying you are greater. You were worth it. And so I give you my praise unashamedly. David was willing to sacrifice his dignity in the presence of true royalty. And and at CWC Life, that's why we worship God. That's why this, this part of praise and worship, it's not just something that's a preliminary it's something that we invest in. Our praise and worship team invests. They spend time practicing. We invest, and, and we don't just say, oh, we're just going to sing three songs, cut and dry, and that's it. No, we say it, whatever the Holy Spirit wants. If he wants to lead us more in this time, then we're going to make time for it. Because we understand that the presence of God can do something that nothing else can. This is just not music and instruments and voices. This is the hosting of the presence of the very God of gods. And so when we do this, this is a sacred time. It's a time to say, God, whatever you want, because we know that we are man. We are inferior, but you are God and you are greater. And we want your glory and we want your presence to be in this house. And then finally, praise is the highway to fruitfulness. 
to fruitfulness. And then hear this lack of praise or contempt for praise results in barrenness. So we see in the passage that we read, then David returned to his, to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today and covering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. That wasn't a compliment. That wasn't a compliment. She was, she was, she was saying out of scorn and sarcasm and saying, you just, you didn't act like a king today. She was kind of saying, I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of what you did today. You took off your kingly garments and you danced just like everybody else. And you're the king. So she didn't compliment him. But David tells her it was before the Lord. And I want to tell us that today. You don't come. When you come into the house of the Lord, you're not worshiping for anybody else. You're not worshiping. So we shouldn't be concerned about the way that that we're worshiping before the the Lord. We shouldn't be self-conscious when we come before the Lord because we're not doing that for each other. I mean, oh, we get pumped up. I get pumped up when I see others worshiping the Lord. It only inspires me. But when I worship the Lord... I'm in a congregation, but it's one-on-one as well. And I'm not worshiping for anybody else. I'm worshiping because I know that my God has been faithful. Just like we were singing today, breakthrough is coming. And when we were singing that, I was like, yes, breakthrough is coming. That's why I'm worshiping you, Lord. I'm worshiping you even before you bring the breakthrough. Because I know that it's a certain thing. Because if you said you will do it, You are not man that you should lie, but you will do it. So he tells her that I was worshiping before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house. My cow was the daughter of Saul. And in this passage, it isn't. She was also David's wife, but it doesn't say David's wife. It says daughter of Saul. Because this daughter, she grew up as a princess, right? And so she had an air about her. You know, one of the the sins of her father, King Saul, was pride. It was rebellion. And so she's acting like her father. She's acting like her father in this because she was ashamed of David. And she had contempt for David because he worshipped before the Lord. And David says, therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you've spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Barrenness. Barrenness. When David... um, Michal was David's first wife. When David first married her, she loved David. She loved David. But as the years went on and there was disappointment in her life, she came to a place of contempt for David. And so many commentators say that, that the reason why she was barren was because David no longer called for her. He no longer was intimate with her. 
And so she remained barren. And that was a disgrace. For a woman to be barren at that time, having no children, that was a disgrace. And it was, it was this because she had contempt for the worship of the Lord. It was, David just wasn't worshiping. He represented the Lord. When he was worshiping, that's what he represented. He represented the worship of God. And in disrespecting David, she was also disrespecting the Lord. And so there, this contempt for, for David's worship led to barrenness for my cow. Intimacy leads to fruitfulness. Intimacy with God. When we have a relationship with Him, when we worship Him, when we praise Him with all our heart, that will lead to intimacy. When we praise God, when we pray, and when we seek Him, there will be a depth of relationship that we've never known. Praise is that highway. Praise is that highway to come into God's presence. And David said about his praise, he said to her, it was before the Lord. He wasn't performing for others, but he was performing for an audience of one. He was lifting up his worship to God. And he says, I will be even more undignified. When we worship God, And we give him everything. God fills us up. He fills us up. Isn't that something that David comes home and his aim was to bless his household? But then he's meted with an insult, a contempt. And sometimes that happens to us. We have an amazing time in the house of God. And then we go home, and there's sometimes we have unsaved family members, and we are all full of joy. And then we come home, and then they say something to us, and, and all our joy goes out the window, right? Have anybody ever experienced that? Do you think that's by accident? No, because the enemy is a joy stealer. He seeks to steal our joy. He seeks to steal our joy. And, and so when we know that that's his maneuver, we can be ready for his tactics. So when we go home and, we, and that person comes, because they, they didn't experience the presence of God, they stayed home and they're, they're grumpy because they didn't come into the encounter of the presence of God. And we go home all happy, know that that's the tactic. So, so when that comes to us, we don't have to accept it. When, when someone comes to argue with us and we don't argue back, guess what? The argument stops there because we're not ready, we're not willing to engage. So understand that that's a tactic. And I also feel like today, sometimes we come in with that into the house of God. Sometimes we come in and we're feeling sad and we're feeling depressed. And sometimes that's not even our own depression. Sometimes we're carrying something from our family member. Sometimes we come into the house of God with that. And the remedy for that is the presence of God. It's the worship of God, of, of, of us saying, God, I release this to you. I give it to you. I know I can't change my family member, but I know you can. I know you can, oh God. And so I'm going to release it to you, and I'm going to worship you, because as I worship you, you're able to transform and to change things. So we pursue the presence of God, because it's worth it. And he's worth it.
And this is our desire. It says that it's the highway for us to come into his very presence as we worship him, as we open our mouth to sing, as we lift up our hands in honor of God, as we dance like David danced, as we dance before him with all our might, and we say, God, I'm celebrating you because you're worth celebrating, because I love you more than anything. Whatever we worship, we become like. Whatever our object of worship is, we become like. So as we worship God, we become more like him. And so that's why it's important to worship him. So as we close tonight, I just felt as we were worshiping that some of us have come in tonight with heaviness. And and I, I know that Connie, when she did the transition, she spoke a little bit about that. But if you're, you came in with a heaviness and, and you feel like, man, it's still there, a tinge of depression, a tinge of anxiety, any type of heaviness, uh, A, before you go up, I'm gonna, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask Roops to put on some worship. But I'm going to ask, I know that some of us came off of a conference this past weekend. And so I'm going to ask you, if you went to the conference for praise and worship, I'm going to ask you to line up here right now. I know Becca and myself, we came back from retreat. So I'm going to ask you, Becca, to come. And I just want you to line up. You guys went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to come on up. And I'm just going to ask to make a little um, line, like, on both sides. Yeah, like, that we could pass through. So some of you get on one side and some of you on the other. And we have anointing oil tonight. And so um, if you guys would come a little bit more this way toward me. And so we're going to do that. And so if you have felt that you have have come in with heaviness and and you're dealing with something. Um, We have the oil, and and I believe that the oil of gladness is just going to break that off because the Spirit of God, He is the remedy for heaviness. The anointing breaks off every yoke of heaviness. It breaks off. The garment of praise breaks off the spirit of heaviness. And so I'm going to just, I'm just going to invite you just to say, hey, I'm not ashamed like David was. I want, I want my healing. I want, I want this, whatever I came in with, I want it off of me tonight. I don't want to go home the same way that I came in. And so what I'm going to ask you to do um, is if you would just come um, from this side, you can come down the center aisle, but you're just going to go through this, and they're just going to lay hands on you. And, and we believe as they lay hands on you that 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 heaviness is just going to break off and you're going to you're going to just be filled up with the presence of God and some of you even if you if you feel like to share with them a word in the midst of this go ahead and release that word to them just release it to them and 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 so right now I'm going to invite you as the music goes up we're just going to invite you and you just going to come through and we're going to pray over you and lay hands on you amen